Thank you. And you know, um, I'll take all the time there is. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be with you again. It's been a few years since we were here last. I actually cannot remember when that was. But anyways, um, I know we were here. So, uh, well, dear friends, um, I am not going to preach a message, a Bible message. You have a pastor and a preacher, and I'm here to give you a missionary report what is happening in the Republic of Congo with the Alliance because you are Alliance people and you support Alliance missions. And that's what we're here for. And our theme this year is unfinished. And I have three unfinished stories that I would like to talk about today. Our closeout date for Republic of Congo was 2017. God had other plans because it's an unfinished story. And so that's why we are back in Republic of Congo. Well, I wouldn't say back, but we're going, going back for our terms. The first unfinished story is our team leaders, Jay and Bev Bellamy. They're from the Metropolitan District. They and the National Church of uh, Congo, so this is our Alliance National Church, they said, how do we reach the unreached Vili tribe? Every evangelistic effort has gone, uh, has failed. And the Bellamy said, we believe that it is time now for Bible orality to start reaching the Vili tribe and Congo. What's Bible orality? Well, Bible orality is not anything new. It's been around a long time. Uh, I've used it as chronological Bible teaching. But it was basically sort of uh, created to reach um, unreachable peoples in the world who really just did not want to hear the gospel. And so through stories, uh, we always start in the Old Testament with the book of Genesis, uh, short stories about six minutes long to, uh, with a message in it, and our first uh, 12 lessons are finding the Redeemer. We don't talk about Jesus. We are finding the Redeemer in this story and God's redemptive plan for you and I. So this is what Bible orality is. Well, and who are the Vili? They are the coastal tribe of the Republic of Congo along the Atlantic Ocean. And they are a despised group of people because they sold their people into slavery. And even today, no one will admit that they are a Vili person. Although they are very powerful and they own all the coastal properties along the Atlantic Ocean, they have all the power there, but yet they have always been despised. And so even in church, uh, people will not admit that they are a Vili. And, but things are changing now, and with the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are finding a new identity in Christ, and they're starting to say, I'm a Vili. And uh, so we are keying in on this unreached people group that have been re resistant to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So orality, and uh, if you look at um, the table back in the fellowship hall, those uh, Alliance Life magazines all have articles about Bible orality from Congo. And you can look to see what it is. Well, Bible orality is the new buzzword in missions. Actually, it isn't new at all. It's chronological Bible stories. It has uh, it, most of the world's population 
are oral learners. Spoken or verbal communication is their preferred means of receiving and passing on information for more of two-thirds of the world's population, which is four billion people. Oral cultures learn primarily through stories, poems, music, and other cultural art forms. Jesus taught through parables. We all like a story. And when we walk out of church, what do we remember? Sorry, Pastor, all those hours of preparation. We remember the good illustrations and the stories. And so um, Bible stories ring true to people. And when you say, do you want to hear a story? Oh, everybody wants to hear a story. So this is how we reach people. It's an interactive Bible storing technique to reach people. And they started in Congo in 2016 with two Alliance people, Pastor Willie, an Alliance pastor, and Davey Okoko, who was a Vili speaker. So they took the gospel in 2016 out to the Medingo Kai zone. This is two hours out of uh, Point Noir where we live. It's a major, major oil city on the, on the Atlantic coast. And uh, north, after the pavement ends, then the dirt road and the mountains begin. And that's where the Medingo Kai zone is. These are all Vili people. Although Vili people are in our major city of Point Noir also. Because this, this is all their properties. So uh, preparation for three stories went on a little recorder called a mega voice. And the men took this out in Vili, out to villages, the two men. And um, they started sharing this story in the villages. Their first village was Chizalamu. It doesn't sound anything like it's spelled. I had to practice this one a long time. Early in the morning, they had already arrived, and about 6 o'clock, when people are getting up, this is a village, so they're out making an outdoor fire to heat water, and uh, they don't usually have enough money for tea and coffee, but uh, citronelle, lemongrass, you call it lemongrass, is very popular for drinking, and getting children ready to go to school at 7 in the morning to walk to their village school, and the ladies are going to go out to their plantation, and the men will go out to hunt. And so early in the morning, Davey Okoko and Pastor Willie, taking the mega voice, saw a family, walked up to them and said, would you like to hear a Bible story in Vili? Well, they were shocked it was in Vili. And so uh, they started to play it one by one. All the family members came out to herd to hear the first story, and that's the creation uh, of the world. And it's only like six minutes long. They played it a second time. And they were shocked. They said, God speaks Vili. And they were just so surprised because they didn't want to hear it in French. And it was tolerable in the trade language of Kituba. But Vili? And the man of the house said, I want this God in my life right now. What do I do about my sins? Pastor Willie, who's been a pastor a long time, he has gone through every type of EE training, all kinds of training. He says, all we did was tell him about a creation story, and they all wanted Christ. I mean, Christ. They wanted the creator God in their life already. He goes, well, that was easy. That was good. He was so excited. 
And this family said, we want this in our life. This is the creator God we've been seeking for. So they went over the questions and uh, to make sure they understood the story. They did. They wanted this creator God in their life. Wow, that was the first family. How exciting. They said, now we, uh, we will be back to this village. We will not leave you. And uh, we will come back. We will do follow up. And they were excited. And they understood exactly the decisions they were making to follow the creator God. So they walked down the road a little in the village. And people were watching these two men. And they didn't know who they were. And they walked to another house, and the villagers were looking. Don't they know this is the witch doctor's house? So they walked to the witch doctor's house, and they asked the man, his name was Justin, they said, can we play um, a Bible story in Veely? In Veely? Okay, we'll listen. So they played the creation story. And then the second story is the creation of angels and how evil came into the world. So they played the first story. They played the second story. And Justin's family, the same thing. Everybody kept coming out to listen to this Veely. They couldn't imagine. Veely's coming out of that box. And uh, they're listening. And Justin said afterwards, this is why I have suffered all my life hearing the story about creation of angels and how evil entered the world. He said, what do I do about my sin? Now, Pastor Willie is flying high. This, this is getting better, you know, much easier than church. And he, so they, they talked to him. They uh, said, um, they explained, they asked him questions, the whole family do you understand what these stories are about? And they, uh, these questions are questions that really touch your heart. And um, yes, they understood. And they made the decision, that family household, we want to follow this creator God. And how do I get rid of my sin, my, the evil in my life? And they prayed. They prayed right there. And then Justin said, now, I want you to get rid of all these in my house. And he wasn't talking about people. He was talking about the evil spirits because he was the fetisher. He was the witch doctor. Well, these men understood immediately what was going on. And they said, and they prayed in Jesus' name. I don't know anything about this prayer, but they prayed that these evil spirits would be cast out and would be gone. And Justin said, for the first time in my life, I have peace. They are all gone. This is just incredible. This man was in the kingdom of darkness in one hour has been brought into the kingdom of light. And this is what we're doing. We're in kingdom building, and that's not with cement blocks either, but that is kingdom building um, ministries. This is what we love. Now he said, I want you to heal my leg. And so he had this big gash, a machete wound in his leg. And when they had walked into this house, they smelled the rotting flesh. And he said, uh, I had an accident, you know, with machetes, you're chopping, and wow, it is easy to miss and get your leg. And so they prayed for healing in his leg. And they said, now, we're going to go to other villages. We'll be back during the week, and we will come back, and we will check on you. And they came back, and the first time his leg was healing up. 
by the creator God. Oh, they were so excited. This was their first day uh, sharing the good news of um, the creator God with the first three lessons of uh, creation. Creation, the angels, and the third one is creation of man, uh, the fall of man, and God's redemptive plan. So they were excited, and uh, this, is, um, this is what they were longing for. Well, orality was born in the villages, and the men uh, have motorcycles to go out. There's a group here in the United States that provides motorcycles, but they still only ride one because Pastor Willie still doesn't have his license, and we're not sure why he's taking so long, but uh, anyways. <laughs> so... Uh, but uh, these motorcycles have been a real essential part of ministries. Now, we're in the enemy's territory, and he is not giving up. Uh, these men in the motorcycle, uh, people have lied about them, said they're a cultic group. Don't let them in your village. Many villages have refused them. They have not let them come in. And uh, they said they're bad men. Don't let them in. But yet other people said, well, we heard good things about them. And, uh, but the enemy is very real and very clear to destroy the ministry. And he doesn't want them in this territory. One day, uh, the men were, both men were on the motorcycle, and it was as if somebody took the front of it and jerked the motorcycle like this. One went flying one way, one went flying the other way. They jumped up expecting to see someone, and there was no one there. The enemy is very real. Fortunately, they were not hurt. But they knew we're treading on Satan's territory. And this is, um, th this is what is to be expected. And so, but God is working. God is working in the man. His name is Mulele. Mulele is a key man in the village of Yubi. And because of his conversion and renouncing of all his cultic activities, he's not perfect, but he is drawing closer and closer. And his life is changing well, uh, the Bellamy's chose uh, Yubi to be the center village of all the villages to go to. They bought property. Uh, they built a wooden uh, building. Then we bought the property next door. And uh, we were making this the center of our, our um, activities. What Mulele didn't know was that his nephew in Point Noir had also come to Christ, and he was the voice the Veely voice on those mega voices. He's like, I know that voice. To find out, that was his nephew. His nephew didn't know anything about Mulele making a decision to follow the creator God. So here they're finding out one another. But you see, um, uh, Bachi, uh, the nephew, is handicapped in a wheelchair. So he cannot get out to the villages. And we have tried so many times to make special arrangements to get him out there so that he could be a key VLA teacher. And it hasn't worked yet, but I think that's one of our goals when we get out there. we got to get him out there. And he has to see what's happening um, with these villages. So Yubi, this village, I'm not sure I would have chosen Yubi, but that wasn't our decision. Anyways, um, the training center there, you'll see it on the video. And Dave, as he walks you through the area, and uh, this has been his, uh, my husband's goal, and he works, and he'll introduce on the video that he's the liaison between uh, the village team and um, the mission, and he goes out to UB only because I don't like to go out there. And uh, <laughs> it is uh, rough living, and it mainly because the people don't speak French, 
my ketubah is not very good. And so I could count to 10 and say hello and goodbye. And other than that, I'm not really very useful. Well, one day, it was our first time out to uh, the villages. This was two and a half years ago. Uh, so with us and our truck and the Bellamy's and then the village team. So that was... Um, that would be Willie, and now we have Fear Man, and we had David Okoko with us, but soon after this trip, he died. And so now the village team is Fear Man and uh, Pastor Willie. So uh, they were showing us the villages. So we started at Ubi, and then we started up the mountains on dirt roads. Um, the rains hadn't started yet, so it was just dirt. And we came up to a village called Sintacola, and it has this great sign. Rusty as can be, but you can still figure out what it says. Uh, we're not sure how it merited a sign, because it's really just a spot. And um, we came up to the village, and the people were uh, just screaming and wailing and all this kind of stuff. We had uh, Veronique with us. That's for a man's wife. And she is the Vili Lumbu speaker. And, oh, everybody has all these languages, you know. And uh, we're just, you know, like English, French, that's it. And um, so she said, let's stop. And the men had stopped. And so she asked them uh, what had happened. The men said, well, um, we were three men and a dog. This dog was very important in the story. It was so funny. And um, because we have a Basenji dog, if you know anything about dogs, this is an African breed, and this is a Central African uh, barkless dog. He yips, and he's good for, um, they take him hunting, and he has now become very popular in New York City. So um, that's all you dog lovers. You can look that up. And so um, they said, we went out hunting, and the third man collapsed dead. Can you go out to the forest with us and bring his body back? Well, our truck has been used for many things. Yep, okay, yeah, we've had caskets in there, and okay, why not add a dead body? And um, so Dave and the men drove into the forest, and he said it was a horrible, horrible road to drive into. And um, so in the meantime, Veronique tells the villagers to gather in a vill uh, just a shelter, and it's the center of the village where they have village meetings. And uh, so we said, we don't build churches. You can just use your center meeting place of your village. And so she told them a, a Bible story, and she asked them questions, and she said, do you see yourself in this Bible story? And the people, oh, yes, yes, we're all upset, and yes, we really need Jesus here. Yes, yes, yes. And um, she told it in their language. And then the truck uh, pulled up, and the dead man climbed out with his dog. And... Uh, the people were just, oh, they were so happy and delighted to see him. He probably was dehydrated or he suffered a stroke. And they found him in the, in the forest standing there, but very dazed and confused. And since they don't eat and drink a lot, sometimes they go out and work all day and they don't have any water or food. You know, it was probably one of these things that happened. But the village was so delighted to see this man alive and his dog. They really emphasized his dog. And um, the dog stayed with the man. He would never leave his side. And they said, you know, we had heard bad things about you men on the motorcycle. But because you helped us and brought our, our dead man back to life, you can come back to our village and you can teach your Bible stories. 
And so God opened the doors to this village. A month later, they went and they told Bible stories. The village chief and his wife made a decision to follow the creator God. So God does amazing things, and these Bible stories are not difficult or complicated. It's just God's pure word. It is not preaching. It is not... um, Uh, We don't embellish the story. We don't add anything in. And it's just pure God's word in story form, carefully uh, crafting the uh, sentences to make every word count. And we, when we teach these stories, uh, and then you reteach them so they can teach them, you choose the words very carefully and don't let them add anything else in because they have a, a way of adding things they had heard before that really are not biblical or for the goal of uh, the, the lesson being taught. One woman was retiring from Point Noir, and, Villa, and Yubi was her village. She came to the village, and she attended one of the uh, Bible classes, one of the Bible storing classes, learning a story. And she told uh, my husband and the men, she said, I have never heard God's word taught like this before, and I've been in church all my life. And she loved it. She said, I'm retiring here, and I am so excited to be to learn these Bible stories. And it's not just learning for yourself, but it's to be used outside and to other places. Well, where can you use these Bible stories? Uh, we encourage them to use them in the buses, the vans, uh, transportation, and taxis. And then they get in there, and they say, you can't get out till you finish the story. And so the bus is sitting there waiting, and um, so and they'll just say, well, you know, you can follow up. Come to my church, and you'll hear these in my church. Uh, we encourage them to do them in their families, invite their neighbors, go to their neighbors. And funerals are a great place for Bible stories. And uh, if they, you take them everywhere you go. And so it is a form of... Um, uh, evangelism. We don't even use that word because we don't like to say evangelism because that sounds distant. We say sharing your faith. That's all it is, is sharing your faith. So Fairman is a, um, a church leader in one of our alliance churches, and he was given Friday to teach, um, to do the prayer meeting. So he was trying to decide which Bible lesson to bring, and he decided to do Noah. Now, Noah's probably one of the longer lessons In fact, it could be two parts, but I know he did the whole thing. And so he is telling this story, and people are listening. They're going, where is this story from? These are church people. He goes, this is from the Bible, Genesis. And they said, we've never heard it like this before. You haven't heard the pure word of God, that's why. And so three hours They talk this lesson, learn the lesson, discuss the questions, and the people did not want to quit. They were so, they had never heard this. And questions that uh, reach your soul, things that you have to decide and talk about. So questions such as, what did you like about the story? What didn't you like about the story? What did you learn about God? What did you learn about man? What has touched your heart about the story? What idea does God want to change in your thinking? This is always a toughie. And what is God telling you to change? And anybody can answer these questions. Uh, An Old Testament story and then leading into the New Testament. 
Well, Pastor Willie is super sold on a Bible orality. Now, we used to have classes every Tuesday morning, and you'll see this on the video. Um, but with COVID, that all stopped. So um, the Bellamies are the ones that did all the training, and they're the ones that prepare the stories, carefully uh, selecting phrases in English and French. And uh, we learn them in French first, then English. And then um, our group then takes the French, and she's already had a team of people write them in Munakatuba, Lingala. Nobody wants to write Veli um, because um, Wycliffe hasn't even finished writing Veli. And, um, and then our Chinese missionary will do it in Mandarin. And so uh, these stories have gone out in many languages. So God the creator, God creating angels, and then the creation of man are the first stories we always discuss because you need to lay the foundation of who God is what he did, and man's uh, response to this. So, um, Fairman and Vero, Veronique, go every summer. He goes out every month. The team goes out for a week, two weeks. It depends on their schedule. But the whole family, Vero's family, all go out every summer uh, to the house. And then, of course, we send all their food out with them. And... Um, they, because of her presence, of course, she's the Veely speaker. She corrects all the mistakes, making sure they understand exactly what they're teaching correctly because you have some challenges of words, such as the word angel. What we think angel is and what it is in French is not the same in Veely. And that became a real challenge. That's only the second lesson. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> we have to really work on this. And so then they call Wycliffe up, and then if you get Paul Humber, two hours later, you're still talking uh, angels. <laughs> and it's like, give us the bottom line, Paul. You know, give us the bottom word that they will accept that God, that we're really believing God is saying, this is what the word angel is. And then you get a whole sentence description because there isn't just one word. And these are the challenges you have when you work in other languages. But it works because God is there for everyone, and he knows what's going on. And with lots of patience and uh, faithfulness, God works through all these challenges. Well, during our COVID lockdown, we actually, it didn't hurt us one bit. And we worked really hard on all these Bible stories because now going, um, and, and God had a plan, Medingo Kai, Second uh, Corinthians 10.15 says, our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our activity, our area of activity among you will greatly expand so that you can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. This Madingo Kai zone is huge, and they want, villages are opening up, and we're trying all kinds of things. The men go there, or they bring the people to the UB Center to work. So we, we try all kinds of um, creative ways to uh, reach people and then uh, prepare them. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it into completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Davy Okoko's prayer was, Reach my Veli people. And so we are fulfilling his prayer. Uh, this man who died. So our second, my second unfinished story is um, 
one that's close to my heart, and that is, um, we've already done Bible orality. So we have changed up our direction. We were on the other side of the country. We uh, came to the West Coast uh, to finish out basically our career and working in Bible orality. So this is new for us, and we're learning all these stories. And my French is so bad. So I sit there in this class of uh, Congolese that are, some are pastors, pastors' wives. Um, most people are not very educated, but they speak three and four languages. And they are very good. And when I give a story in French, I get a standing ovation. Everybody's like, she can do it. Anybody can do it. Yes. And because uh, really my French is horrible. And, um, and they will correct me. When I say people don't correct me, this group will. And, um, and that's okay because this is God's word, and they really want this story perfected. And um, so the second unfinished story is uh, something very close to my heart, and that is health and hygiene teaching. I've been doing this in, in French uh, for 30 years now. I started this um, in Gabon. I was trained there by our Bongalo uh, hospital people, and there were uh, groups that went out to train primary health people in villages and towns uh, where um, it's just basic hygiene. And we're talking basic, like washing hands is basic. Drinking water is basic. And I really enjoy these uh, stories. I created uh, stories. I created a teaching lesson, um, interactive time of uh, questions that people, like in a church setting, will identify lies of the enemy, and that's why they have poor health practices. And uh, then there's songs that go with these, and they've always been in French. And um, my best friend, uh, Chancelvie, that the ladies heard about, she translated a lot of these songs in Kituba, and she's very gifted in song and music. And um, whereas other people, nobody could do it until last year. That's 30-some years. Nobody was able to figure out how to translate these into their tribal languages. And yet she could easily write down a whole song in the language, and it was very singable. So I can sing about brushing teeth in Kituba, sukula, sukula, meso, and all this kind of stuff. But anyways, they love songs. And these French songs, oh, people just, children sing them. Anytime you have a church event, they bring out the buckets of soapy water, and they start singing in French, lavez les mains à l'eau et du savon. And so wash your hands with water and soap. And then we go on to... You know, I washed my hands before I cooked, and now I don't have any worms. And so, uh, intestinal worms. So, um, I had originally only six lessons, and I trained two of the ladies from the orality group, Chancelvie and another woman. And so, they were all ready to go into churches. Um, actually, the churches were a bit resistant because it's quite a commitment. You know, this is like six weeks of teaching. They just wanted to do a weekend of good health. And I said, it won't work. You're not going to have good health in one weekend. And so it's a progression. And we need people in church to be accountable. Well, then COVID hit and we couldn't do anything. That got the churches off, off the hook. But what happened, and this was God's perfect planning, was our third unfinished story is the um, relaunching of our Christian radio station called RSM, Radio, Radio Songo Malamu, Radio Good News. 
Uh, this is a, our Christian radio station, The Alliance. It's 20 years old. They celebrate 20 years this year. And we hit rock bottom. 2019, no more monies. Everything was falling apart, literally. And we had employees. There was no more money to pay them. They were not getting out and getting, uh, generating enough funds to keep this radio going. And it um, filed bankruptcy and closed down for one year. It's the best thing that ever happened. Why? Because in one year's time, God had to re reboot this, relaunch this radio, get the focus back to where it needed to be. We were in a battle in the courts for the ownership of the property because a Christian organization was stealing it from us. Lovely Christians, right? And, um, but uh, that's how it happens over there. And so it took a year. We had to pay, but we proved that we were the owners of the property. And but then there was other court cases to follow that. And, but God had to work. He worked amazing things. And the Alliance said, we um, are supporting this as 2019-2020 uh, Alliance Project. They put it out there. I don't know, maybe some of your people gave to it. Uh, we wrote all the thank you cards on the postcards and mailed them all out, um, hundreds of them. And there was such a great response from the Alliance people. More monies came in than they ever imagined. So we were able to buy new equipment, as, uh, such as a new tower. The 150-foot tower, which is only a five-minute walk from our house, was literally falling down. It was dangerous. And the neighbors were concerned. Big winds, pieces were flying off. So we had to hire a group of engineers to bring it down. And then we had enough money to buy a new used one. And it was 170 feet. And they put it up. And God sent us a Baptist couple, young. They're only 22 and 30. Oh, they're getting younger? Oh, they are. <laughs> this young couple signed a two-year contract with us. To, they didn't come intending to work with the radio, but it would have never happened without them. And so God knew the right people to send to us because my husband and the Bellamy's, it was just not going to happen with us. Physically, it was not going to happen. And um, John Combest knew, he just knew what to do. I don't know how he knew, but he knew what to do. And so he, he uh, uh, supervised all the tower going up. Well, the tower coming down first, tower going up. And uh, painting, they had to paint the whole thing. And um, cleaning up the building, we had to get a container out of there. Oh, there was so much work to do. And it was being relaunched. Uh, we uh, were already legal with the government. We had already paid for all our permits and everything. And then he said, well, the building inside was clean. And there's a, a, a really cute picture of his kids pushing a broom and all that kind of stuff. They're two and four. <laughs> and so they were, they were cleaning too. And um, then one day he calls us. He said, well, there is this crate sitting here in this radio station and it has your name on it. We said, a crate in the radio station with our name? Here, uh, five years ago, we had ordered radio equipment for $5,000 from an association called Sunset Solutions. You might remember it as HCJB. It's called Sunset Solutions in Indiana. And um, it was um, 
It wasn't a tower, but it was the keyboard, uh, a computer, few other things, and it was called small radio equipment. We ordered it, but the local government would not let us, um, they wouldn't give us a permit. So we never even, we never even saw the equipment. It came in with another, uh, another mission up north that has a hospital, and Bellamy said, we want that equipment back. It went north, it went south, it went east, it went west. Finally, it parked itself at RSM Radio. And it sat there for years. Well, we're in the tropics. Things do not sit well in the tropics. And when John opened this crate up, everything was in perfect condition. Everything to start up a new radio station on computer. It was still the old CDs and cassettes. And when we walked in, we threw it all out because it was all old materials, and we just got rid of everything, cleaned it all out, all the old equipment, and brought in the new. One person can run the whole thing. They had 20 people employed earlier. And that's the big lawsuit, because now we have to pay 20 employees and uh, pay them off. Um, but there was this group, that group that was trying to steal our property that said, you have to hire all our relatives for this radio station. And um, the mission wasn't involved in it as much as they should have been, and it kind of happened underneath, and it should have never happened. But God closed the doors for all that, got them all out of the way, and the original um, radio person, Nikez, who is an Alliance pastor, who is the voice of RSM, um, is running the station all by himself. It's all, it's very simple. And it's all on computer now. Well, um, good news, people. Um, uh, it was, uh, people missed that radio. One year it was closed, and we relaunched it, opened it up Easter weekend during COVID. Perfect timing. Everybody's at home. They're stuck. They can't go anywhere. They couldn't go to church. And Easter was brought to people in the city. It was exciting. We were so delighted. So now that year was over. It was relaunched. New equipment. And the new sound of RSM. And it is our Alliance station. And we won't let that. Um, actually, they were called a Christian Media Association. That forced all these employees on us. And basically, we were told them, you don't exist anymore. And um, which they didn't like and took that to court, too. And so uh, we just said, you haven't functioned. You haven't helped this radio. You're trying to steal the radio from us. Therefore, uh, you do not, um, you don't exist anymore. And so it was just wonderful <laughs> to have finally full control of our alliance radio station. And so now it's in our full control. Pastor Nikez is an excellent uh, uh, radio director, and it's his voice, and then his whole family gets involved, and all these other voices. Well, what does this mean? Bible orality went on our radio. And Easter weekend, Bible orality stories were played in five languages. And it is our radio, and we're taking, I mean, it's God's radio. It is so exciting now. And so uh, once Easter was over, then they started back at the beginning, Genesis, and playing a whole week of one lesson in five languages. And we found, uh, we have some friends, a couple, 
um, up north with another mission. And so they do the English because it's British English. They can't handle our American accent. And so they did the British English. And I actually, my voice was the answers to the English questions. And so they had to handle my English. But anyways, I guess they just had to, they had to use me somehow or something. I don't know. But anyways, um, so God has done amazing things on this radio station. Then they said, you know what? We need health lessons on our radio station. We threw out all the old stuff because it was on cassette. And I tried, I researched everywhere looking for French Christian health lessons. I was not successful. They told me what they did before and it sounded good, but nobody could find the recordings anywhere, not on a computer. So it was hard work, but we had to rewrite all the health lessons, and we added more, up to 13 lessons, and rewrite them all, because it's not the same when you have a group, back and forth conversation. This is for the radio, and I had to coach my two ladies how to uh, teach these lessons on, on the radio. They were so boring. Hello, friends. How are you today? Today, we're going to talk about worms. And it's like, oh, everybody's going to go to sleep. Uh-uh. you got to put life in your voice. And they're not used to this kind, you know, because neither one of them are preachers. But they, they had to learn to put life in their voice and imagine people are out there. And I coached them through it, 13 lessons. We got them all recorded in French, and then I went on home assignment. So we did, uh, we had a victory. We got it out there. Uh, also, the radio, the radio station, the, it was broadcasting farther than the normal range. Madingo Kai was saying, we're getting the radio. And we're like, it doesn't go that far. Well, it's, it is right now. And then our, one of our ladies from our orality group, she is actually, um, her video, uh, the Alliance came out and filmed her. It's called A Widow's Cry. And uh, if you go on the Alliance web website, so she lives the opposite direction, uh, an hour, I mean, it's a good hour and a half to get out to her village. And she was getting the radio waves also. And it, but it was dry season. So the only thing we can think of, dry season, it goes farther. When it rains, it may cut it down. So what they were doing, and we were helping villages bring them wire. We're very resourceful. So anyways, we brought wire. It was an all-day adventure for us. So the Combes family, myself, our truck, and Chai Lin, our Chinese missionary, um, they would cut the bamboo, stick wire up, stick it straight up on the top, run it down, find the highest point, turn the radio on, and say, okay, we got it, we got it right here. Plant it in the ground, run the wire to the aluminum roofing of their house, and the roof became a receiver. Everybody's coming with their radios, tuning in. And we go, we don't know how it works, but it's working. Okay. So we did that in a couple of villages. It was, pretty, it was pretty fun, actually, doing this, you know. Useful, just bring the wire. And uh, so I found wire, a whole roll of it, and took it out to them. So God is working amazing things in these unfinished stories. A.B. Simpson said in August 1890, we need to finish our unfinished work. We need to do the things that we have thought of doing, intended to do, talked about doing, and are abundantly able to do. 
1890. Wow. So these are our unfinished, ongoing stories. And hopefully, in God's perfect timing for my husband and I to go back to Congo, we will go back and um, my to finish up the work is to get those health lessons in other languages. It took a long time just to do French. So that will be a big challenge. But we all have an unfinished story. What is your unfinished story? What is God doing in your community and town, in your schools? Um, I don't know. Maybe Warren has, I would say, foreign children. I don't know. Um, this isn't a major immigrant center, refugee center. But if you do have anybody in school, all those children want and all that foreigner wants is an American friend. They don't, they're tired of being made fun of, scorned. They just would like a friend. And that we can do. We can befriend somebody, maybe in school, befriend that child. You know what? Your friends will now make fun of you because you're making a friend of somebody else, somebody unlike yourself. That that's what our mission is, someone not like ourselves, to go out and reach them and reach them with Jesus Christ. But what we're doing is befriending them first. After you're a friend, then you earn the right to share the gospel. But you can't jump over major steps and preach at them. You have to be a friend first. Even at one pastor said, oh, I go to a gas station and there's a foreign man there that runs that gas station. I said, be his friend. Talk to him every day. Go and get gas a lot. (laughs) And, And talk to him. He said, I never thought of that. You know, that's the, that's the mission field right here on your doorstep in your town. And you can reach them for Jesus Christ. It doesn't cost anything but time. It doesn't cost anything but time. A profound author said, you have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. Dr. Seuss. So our response to unfinished stories in Congo. We're the alliance. These are alliance stories, unfinished stories, and there's more of them. You can always check them on the website. The new Alliance Life just came out. And you can also receive our newsletters. That was the first time I saw Eric and Vicki on that one. Uh, Newsletters uh, and prayer requests that come from the district. That's our lifeline because we're Western PA missionaries, and we love to get... Uh, our detailed prayer requests out here. Now, national prayer requests, we don't put the nitty-gritty on those. Actually, it's kind of hard sometimes to put national prayer requests out because we know our Western PA people are praying and in detail. And you heard some of those ladies yesterday that you have been praying for. And building projects such as our UB. We're almost finished with the building project there, and you'll see it on the video. And Christian Radio. This is a wonderful, excellent ministry. Maybe, you know, and we pray, but also we give. And so you can give to projects specifically. That is how you can do it. With uh, Whether it's like a UB project, a village work. Eric is trying to work on his village work to get soccer in the next village and reach out and try to get a little group out there. Or give to, I have another son who's an Alliance missionary, Jeremy. He's our oldest. And they are in missionary kids' education at Black Forest Academy, and they're the high school boys' dorm parents. He said it's like being a youth leader 24-7. 
That's what it's like. And they've been doing uh, youth leadership like this in several schools for many, many years. They love high school boys. Uh, they have two boys and a girl of their own. They came from Taiwan, and she is so upset. She's three years old. She wants chopsticks and rice. And she's got to learn to eat potatoes in Germany. And so, <laughs> uh, so, but you can pick your project. You can pick your person. Now, day, I'm out campaigning for Eric and Vicki and Jeremy and Melanie because we're uh, retiring soon. But we have projects, too. So you give to the name of the person and their projects. And the easiest way to remember is the bundle package. Isn't that crazy? Um, so Eric said he will know his bundle package in July. We don't even know our bundle package. I told Dave, please go find out. He doesn't know where it, how to find it. And so how much you need to raise. And it's our Western PA. We're the best district. We got a lot of missionaries, too. And we are really committed to supporting our Western PA people. Give to Alliance Missions, the Great Commission Fund. And uh, see what God does, because we all have unfinished stories. Well, thank you, and I, um, I have some pictures to show you of the, our children, and then a 10-minute video. Uh, the video is, starts out in Lingala, Christian music. You'll figure it out. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, um, but they're singing Lingala, which both Congos speak Lingala. And uh, then it goes into um, some of our ministries. Now, I didn't put it together. I had already left on home assignment. And it's kind of funny, I talked, I gave them a script, and they put pictures to it. And so it's really funny. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to talk about this, this, and this. And um, yeah. So any pictures yet? Oh, no. So the first one should be our, um, our group, our family. All the kids got together last June, and we weren't even here. So um Do you need my computer now? <laughs> It'll come up, right? Okay. Well, we got Eric and Vicki. You know them. Wasn't that cute with the microphone? That was so funny. Kids do that. They walk around with hairbrushes. Everybody wants a microphone. I mean, that means power. Oh, we've already started here. Did you get the first? Uh, okay. This is Jeremy and Melanie. They're the oldest at Black Forest Academy. You can find them on Facebook. It's called the Black Forest Builds. So you have to um, ask to be a friend, and then you can uh, see what, what they do with the young people, the boys. And then was there um, the group family picture? There they are. So they were all together last June, and um, <laughs> I think Keila was pouting at that moment. And the other ones are looking at her. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's all the kids. Our daughter and son in the middle, son-in-law, uh, live in our house in Georgia. Okay, now we have a 10-minute video.
Hi, we're Dave and Teresa Bill here in the Republic of Congo. And uh, we're in Pointe Noire along the southern coast of Congo. We are here at our Christian Study Center with uh, district offices, a uh, Christian school behind us, and this is supported by SIM France. We rent to Sill, so they are here, and there's one of our uh, Pointe Noire churches is also here. But what we really want to show you is where our primary work happens, and that is Bible orality. This is our Bible orality uh, workroom, and here in Congo it's called Alliance de Porter de l'Histoire, the Alliance Carriers of Bible Stories, the Gospel. It, here is where we do the Bible crafting of the orality stories. So let's go meet some of those people who do this exciting work. Welcome to our uh, Bible crafting session and group. These are all our friends. And you will meet in UB, uh, the village group, that's some of these, and our colleagues, the Bellamies. And they caught the vision as the church asked, uh, let's reach the Bealey, and they said, let's do it by Bible storing. And so the Bellamies are why we are all here. And our other translators and people who work on Bible storing, Bachi, you will hear his voice on the radio with Veronique and telling these stories in different languages. So, mes amis, on peut dire bonjour. Bonjour. Good day. Good day. Thank you for praying for us and many of the people in our group is who you will be praying for each month as many of our requests come from this group. We're here we're at our village site in the village of Yubi in the Medingo Kai region where we have established an orality center and we're uh, actually doing some of the orality teaching today. I want to just take you for a little tour around our area here and, sh and show you what we're doing. So come on and follow me. As you can see in the uh, background is one of our houses that we have and uh, this is my car that we use for traveling, my four-wheel drive. So come on, we'll look inside our house. You can see in the distance we're near a big lake. We've already started to build a uh, outhouse and a shower room in the, in the back of our property here. And we're starting to develop this for community development projects as well. This is our uh, kitchen, and our dining room rather, and our bedroom in here. And in the back we have a storage room where we store our things that we're storing for building. You saw some of the bricks in the background. Over here is our other house, and uh, inside the building we're teaching representatives from different villages, the orality methods and the stories, Bible stories that we've crafted so that they can learn them and then tell them to other people that uh, don't know how to read or don't understand uh, the Bible in, in French or another uh, language, but only their own language.
in, in here we have uh, our story crafting session, so you can look in here and see what they're doing. So this is just one of the main aspects we're using in the Medingo Kai area, orality to teach uh, villagers Bible stories and then they'll be able to transmit them in their own language to other people. I'd like to introduce our orality field team to you. This is Pastor Willie Madzu and Fearman and Vero uh, Lububu. I'm the liaison between the mission and this team as well as their coach. And I want to thank uh, you for your prayers and your support for our team. Last year we had 194 conversions in these villages as well as 40 baptisms. So this orality method is making a big impact in this area and we appreciate your prayer and your support. Thank you very much. Here in UB, uh, this is our village for our APH storying center. Uh, we have a wonderful baptism time with regional pastor Pierre, who is also a Vili speaker, and Pastor Willie, who performed the baptisms. We also had a time of delivering the Samaritan Purse Christmas boxes to the children. And also during the COVID time, uh, we were given supplies to take out to some of the villages to set up hand-washing stations. So our a big project is uh, building this new building because the old one, the old wooden building, the termites won the war. And so uh, we have uh, bedrooms for housing uh, when our team goes out and visitors and a kitchen and a new meeting room. So thank you for contributing to uh, the UB project. One of my personal projects for community health is introducing this plant here called chaya. And this is a very good vegetable, uh, low maintenance, easy to grow, and it grows very well in the tropical weather. So people are very familiar with manioc leaves. Well, this is very similar to manioc leaves, only it's easier to prepare, and it uh, multiplies and grows much, much better. So this is my project to introduce to people. And I have some chaya here that I have cooked and prepared, and it's very simple. So this is kind of my personal project. Two women, Natasha and Chancelvi, have been trained for community health, and they have worked with me in translating 13 health lessons in French for the radio. And this is being communicated in the near future in French. And in the near future, Kituba, Lingala, and Vili are targeted language. This is our Alliance radio station here in Pointe Noire for nearly 20 years. And it has been relaunched because the program manager has been here from the beginning. And then we have... Chai Lin, one of our Alliance missionaries on our team who works in the radio station. And then with us is John and Emily Combest and their family. 
And they work with this radio station. And this radio station airs the APH Bible lessons, the orality lessons, and will soon be airing our health lessons. We are very excited about this ministry. Thank you for being a part of the Alliance Mission in Republic of Congo. Continue to pray for us and our team, and our team leader, Jay and Bev Bellamy, and give to our Great Commission Fund to help support us. And if you like us, give to the Bill Support to advance the kingdom of God here in Congo, especially for our targeted group of the Vili people. Thank you.